Welcome to The Rundown. We are back in the studio. I am your host, BJ Evans. I'm here with my co-host, Elizabeth Krasunas. Hey there. And our producer, Mike, Mark Pagan. Hey. Hey, Mark. We also have special guests in the studio today, Jessica Marler of The Knights. Hey, Jessica. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, BJ. Thanks for being here today. It's and my pleasure. Thank you for providing us with some spectacular music as we introed. What were we just listening to? We were just listening to Taraf de Hajduks, which is a Romani folk group. Um, And they were playing a piece called The Stork Crosses the Danube in a Company of a Raven. Oh, wow. It was beautiful. Thank you. So if I'm not mistaken, this is related to the night's performance that is coming up this week. We have a performance April 12th. That's Thursday at 8 o'clock. The night's are back. Uh, They are artists in residence for everyone who's listening. They've been artists in residence for years, and they're here this week rehearsing, and they'll perform on Thursday at 8 o'clock in the ballroom with special guest Black Sea Hotel, I should add. And they are doing a program that is, is it based on Romani music? Is it Romani music? Tell me what it is. It's a very interesting combination. So we're combining a lot of different elements. So throughout the history of classical music, there have been composers who've tried to take on the Romani spirit, Romani folk songs, in and put them in their music. So we're doing a really exciting mishmash of songs that are by Romani folk musicians, and then also songs that are interpretations of Romani folk music by composers like Brahms and uh, 20th century composer George Ligeti. Okay. So for folks who maybe don't know what Romani music is or even what that means, can you explain a little bit the history of Romani music, who the the Romani people are and why their music is important? So the Romani are groups of of, uh, travelers throughout Eastern Europe. And so were they possibly referred to as gypsies at the time? Yes, referred to as gypsies. And I they be- I believe that they self have have self identified as gypsies, okay. but we use the word Romani to talk about them now. Um, and there are people throughout Central Europe and Eastern Europe, and they are extremely famous for their music. Actually, the word taraf is the Romani word that we use to talk about Romani folk groups and folk musicians. Um, yeah, and so this program is all inspired by Romani music. I'm curious, so the Knights, obviously, they do something different every time they're here. Last time it was a uh, opera, I believe, and the time before that they did a phenomenal Britain, and the time before that it was something different. So how does that happen? How do the Knights choose what they're going to do? Why this? Why now? That's a great question. Um, I think the Knights are really just, you know, we're the Knights, we're adventurers, and we like to perform music that is groundbreaking and exciting and we believe really connects to an audience beyond genres. So if I can connect the concerts, I would say it's by that thread, but mostly it's just stuff we want to explore and people we and we you know, we choose programs based on the people we want to collaborate and collaborate with and choose programs based on music that we think will excite our listeners. Um, and did that happen here that you had someone in mind? Was the, Is it Mike Atkinson that's working on this? Yeah, uh, Mike Atkinson is a fabulous horn player, um, and he's also an exceptional orchestrator. I've actually heard, I've 
I've been a fan of his orchestrations before I came on to the Knights. Um, and he is doing an orchestration of Ligeti's Hungarian Rock, which is a wild piece. You'll hear it later. And that's the name of the overall program. We're calling it, we're advertising it as Hungarian Rock. And did it come from that piece? Yeah, it definitely came from that piece, but also every tune is pretty danceable. Okay. Yeah. So Wait, so this is a classical music Mm-hmm. Program. This is an orchestral collective, and yet they are playing music that you say is danceable. Yeah. Riddle me this. How? <laughs> what? Tell me more. Well, you have to come and hear it, okay. um, <laughs> I think is the best plug. But, um, for example, Hungarian Rock, this piece by Ligeti, it has the most wild, just crazy, upbeat, um, rhythmic riffs. I mean, stuff that... If, if you took out the notation, you could find it in, like, an EDM concert in a second. <laughs> wow. It's, yeah, it's all related at so the end of the day. Where does that rhythm come from in a classical orchestra? Do oh. they have drums? Do they have a <laughs> bass? Well, that's actually a great question for Mike Atkinson. Um, but rhythm can be accomplished in so many ways. It can be created through pizzicato, which is when a violinist plucks their strings or, or any string instrument plucks their strings. Um, that's just one of the ways that we achieve rhythm. And it's just, you know, Hungarian rock specifically has this, it's, it's a chacon, which is a word that we use to describe pieces that have a same rhythmic motive that, or, or chordal motive that repeats throughout the piece. And so this particular rhythmic motive in Ligeti's Hungarian rock is achieved through pizzicato and through fun uh, woodwind passages. It's just a really cool piece. It's, it's wild. It's, it's wild. And, you know, this is a podcast, so people are listening to it so they can't see on your face the abject joy as you're yeah. describing <laughs> things like pizzicato. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, you did. And these chordal elements. So you are a self-professed classical music nerd. Yeah, I'm a big, big nerd. Yes. And that's part of why I wanted to talk to you because you and I have worked together for about a year now. You are the marketing associate at For the Nights. And I can tell every time we talk, every time we're in a meeting together, how excited you are about everything that's happening, how much you love classical music, how you know, I think, I can't prove this, but I think you know more about it than anyone in the room at any given time. (laughs) It feels obvious to me. (laughs) So tell me, how or why did this happen? How did you become a classical music nerd at such a young age? You are still very young, and you've been a classical music nerd, you say, since you were a child. Well, the interesting story is I grew up I didn't grow up in a musical household at all. Um, I grew up listening to, like, my dad's a big Pink Floyd and ACDC head. So I grew up listening to, you know, things things like Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, which is just a piece kind of beyond words, right? It's this. Yes. Yes. It's otherworldly. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was always looking for pieces that, reminded me of the scale of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. And I didn't find it until college, until I I, I was always a musician. I played guitar. I sang. um, And then when I got to college, I was exposed to 20th century classical music and opera. And it totally opened my world up. I was like, oh, this is on the same scale as Dark Side of the Moon. It's it's just pieces to the nth degree. 
So what yeah. would you say to people? Because I do think that there are some folks out there who feel like perhaps classical music isn't for them or that they don't connect with it or maybe they don't understand it or perhaps they prefer when there's lyrics. There's a number of reasons that people like or don't like what they like or don't like. So what would you say to folks who want to connect to classical music and maybe haven't found a way to? Do you have any thoughts for them or advice for them? Sure. And I definitely totally relate to people like that because I was once that person. I totally remember in grade school falling asleep during the Firebird at the Boston Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> and Wait, so you went to the Boston Symphony Orchestra <laughs> as a third grader? With my school. With okay, my school. Okay. Fell asleep. Okay. Um, and, and now I've I'm so mad at that third grader. But the the thing that has helped me really love, f- deeply fall in love with classical music has been kind of a, I guess it's not a good word for it, but suspension of disbelief. Just let it take over you and know that it's not going to sound like what you're listening to on. It's not like it's not going to sound like what you listen to on the radio, nor is it going to sound like, you know, your favorite Beyonce album. It is something totally different. And if you just kind of let go of an expectation, you can really fall in love with it. Another thing that's really fun is try and find patterns. Like something that has helped me really love classical music is try and find and understand the moments that you really do connect to. And what I always say to people who are sort of on the fence about classical music is you just haven't found the right piece for you. There's so much classical music. Do you have any favorites or do you have any... I guess it's a two-part question. Do you have any favorites, and do you have anything that you recommend for newbies? Sure. Um, The piece that made me fall in love with classical music is, um, I think it's kind of an eye-roll piece, but but it did make me fall in love with classical music, was Carmina Burana. Um, I sang it in my first year of college. Uh, It's that big piece that you hear in, like, car commercials that's like, Oh, Fortuna. Uh, uh, I'm going to need to hear more of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's this huge, gigantic choral piece. Um, and I sang it and was completely overtaken. Um, another piece that I really deeply love um, is Julia Wolfe's Anthracite Fields, uh, which won the Pulitzer Prize, I think, three years ago. Um, that is an amazing piece for newbies, I think. It's you know, it has electric guitar in it. So there is some familiar elements to it, and it does have speech. Um, so those are good things that I can help. You know, if you are if you want to get into classical music, there is a piece for you. Um, and if words help you, then definitely try opera, try oratorios, try choral music. Um, another thing that a lot of people have really loved is Caroline Shaw's Partita for Eight Voices. She's an incredible composer. And uh, people like her so much that she's even collaborated with huge stars like Kanye. So classical music is everywhere. We just are not used to maybe naming it as that. Yeah, I love hearing about that crossover that happens yeah. really right under our noses. Yeah. I would have never guessed that Kanye was collaborating with a classical music artist. So that's, oh, yeah. well, I'll have to go check that out. And you are such a classical music nerd that you hosted a radio show in college. <laughs> yeah, I and you knew I was going to bring it up. Bring it up. So what was it called? Uh, it was called A Fresh Start on Music. And the idea was, okay, classical music, is it old and dead? No, it's fresh. Like, let's talk about why it is. That's and then, what, yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I yeah. think that's even like for me, I remember like, I, you don't think about contemporary classical music. I always would just think of like, 
oh, it's like Schubert or Brahms or... But there's so much, like, just like any other genre, there are current classical musicians and composers. It's not this, like, past, you know, musical genre. And going back to what you said about the fresh start, that classical music is fresh, the knights in particular are dedicated to that and Mm -hmm. are embodying that, this fresh take on classical music. And that's what I appreciate so much about what they're doing and that they're artists in residence here at Brick because they are, first of all, they are young. They just happen to be young individuals. And they are Brooklynites, and they have made Brick their home. And every program they do here, they are really honoring the classical traditions and bringing with it a fresh start. So there's such a a love and an honoring of tradition along (laughs) with a desire to make it fresh and make it palatable for audiences who maybe wouldn't have been able to engage with it otherwise. And I've always loved that about them. And I think that's why I love the Knights so much and love working for them is the fact that I can hear Brahms alongside 20th century pieces and have a totally new appreciation for Brahms. When it's set alongside newer pieces, you just you realize how much um, how much hasn't changed. Yeah. But also how much has. And it's exciting to see those two things. And yet, as excited as you are to work for the Knights, a little birdie told me that you're going back to school soon. Yeah, I am. So what's happening? You're leaving? Is this going to be our last last time together, this April concert? Yeah, um, most likely. I am... I'm actually a composer, as you can probably tell by how excited I am. Yes, about I am not at all surprised that you are also <laughs> deeply in your own creation of music. Yeah. And so are you going back to school for composition, for yes. music? Okay. I'm going back to school. And I'm also, so I'm working on an opera right now. And I was just commissioned and realized Congratulations. that Congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. Um, and so I was commissioned to write this opera. And just, I want to give everything to it because it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a part of your soul. Writing something like that is extremely vulnerable. It is giving of your soul to the world, and I completely understand wanting to focus on that 100%. Well, we will miss you. Oh, I'll miss Brick, too. But Um, I'll be back because I love love what Brick does, and I love the nights. Yes, please come back. And, you know, we didn't really talk about Black Sea Hotel. Talk to me a little bit about them. I'm so excited about them. I had not known about them before this. I'm really happy to be introduced to them. They are a trio, an a cappella trio. It sounds like, and like, won a Grammy? I, I guess so. I'm not the expert on Black okay. Sea Hotel, but I am not not a surprise. I'm a big nerd about them. They are really cool. phenomenal. They are opening yeah. for the nights. So the program starts at 8 o'clock on Thursday, April 12th. Mm-hmm. The opener, Black Sea Hotel, goes on right at 8 o'clock, and so you'll get Black Sea Hotel by themselves, and then the Knights will join them, and they'll do a couple songs together, and then yeah. the Knights will continue on with their program. There'll be an intermission in there as well somewhere. So come at 8 o'clock to make sure you get to see the full program of both Black Sea Hotel and the Knights all in the ballroom. Tickets are very affordable. That's the other thing I so love about being at Brick and having the nights at Brick is that we do keep the tickets affordable. They are, I believe, $23. Oh, they're 21 Oh, there you so go. Cheap. See, Jessica yeah. even knows better than I do. <laughs> um, so... Uh, between So we have the nights on Thursday, April 12th at 8 o'clock. They're doing their family program on Saturday, April 14th at 2 o'clock, which I love the family program. It's an hour of music, super relaxed. For everyone listening, Black Sea Hotel will not be joining them for the April 14th 2 o'clock family matinee, but don't let that stop you from coming. 
the brothers, Colin and Eric, who run the nights, they are great about explaining music to the young people, keeping it um, short. It's only about an hour, which is a really good span of time for the young ones. And they are really relaxed. I say this all the time, that you can come and go. If the young people talk in the middle, it's okay. If they cry and you need to leave and then come back later, that's okay. If you need to stroll around with the toddler on the steps, that's okay, too. It's super relaxed, which I so appreciate. Oh, we have dance parties. Oh, that's right. There's a dance part. Yes. And (laughs) we do have dance breaks. There's a dance break, which is a great time for the young ones to move around if they're getting a little antsy. So that is April 14th, Saturday at two o'clock. And in between those two wonderful events, we have the Look and Listen Festival on April 13th at eight o'clock. Jessica, I know that you are not working on the Look and Listen Festival, but I think you would appreciate it. It is Susie Ibarra and Claire Chase. And Kaoru Watanabe, to name a few. Do you know anything about this festival? No. Can you please tell me more? Yes. Because it uh, sounds awesome. Yes, it's going to be great. Elizabeth, you're going to be here on Friday, right? I am. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It is a festival. It's been around for a few years. They go to uh, various spots, I think three total. And the whole idea is that it's contemporary classical music and contemporary art spaces. So they're doing it in our gallery, and they there are a couple. They're at Invisible Dog as well, and another another location. And it is just that it is classical music in these beautiful art galleries, and we are so excited to have them here Friday at eight o'clock. It's totally free. I believe the RSVPs might be full or about to be full. I think they are, but. But you know, we'll you take know, a wait yeah. list. You should still come and see. There might be some some no shows, and it sounds like something that would be right up your alley, Jessica. Oh, yeah. So if you if you can check it out, I encourage you to do so. And when we had Grace um, on our last episode, and she was just naming some of the instruments that I had never even heard before. We have some like crazy percussion instruments that are going to be there. Yes. Um, yeah, it should be fun. What are those? The taiko drums? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Taiko is. Nuts. Yes. Yeah. In our gallery on yeah. the stoop. Yeah. <laughs> These are like person sized drums. Gigantic. <laughs> like, it'll be fun for our production team. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh, the load in. So it's down in the gallery. If anyone who hasn't been to the gallery or anyone who has, it's down a large stoop, like set of stairs. Right. And there's not. There's really no easy access. I yeah. mean, we have an elevator for smaller things, for maybe folks who need to get down there or tables or things. But giant instruments, there's no way. You just have to take them down the stairs. I know. We've moved pianos. You've moved a piano, piano down the stairs? <laughs> Not personally. But right. But watched it happen. I've seen it happen. Oh, it makes me so nervous. Oh, Believe you me, too. you're not the only yes. one. <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth, have you ever seen them move the piano down into the gallery? I haven't. I you wish should, I had. You should stick around on Friday. Come here Friday yeah. morning at 8 a.m. Yeah, yeah. You won't be able to breathe for like a good hour. <laughs> it is wild. But the, those pianos, when you take the legs off of them, they, they're it's strange, but they really are just this box of strings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Mark. just a resonating body. <laughs> Spoken like a true classical music nerd. <laughs> right. We are all resonating bodies. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mark, have you ever seen them move things down to the gallery, like a piano or a resonating body? No, but I did. Uh, our, one of our, uh, Betsy, who works here, she she said, Mark, somebody's tuning the piano who wants to talk to you last year or two years ago. I was like, what? <laughs> so I went and I couldn't see. I just saw this man playing piano. It turned out to be like a friend's husband who just knew that I worked there. But it was like the most mysterious thing watching somebody 
who's, who wants to talk to you tune a piano. Wow. It's like, <laughs> it's are you most, really here? Yeah, the most ominous thing I've, I've encountered. <laughs> it's very H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah good call. Uh, I am really hooked on this word, resonating body now, and then trying to plan how I can work it into my lexicon for the rest of the day. <laughs> there's a really cool, fe- not to plug, but there's a festival called the Resonant Bodies Festival, and it's all oh, cool right. new vocal music. Yeah. yeah, I love them too. Uh, Elizabeth, yeah. what else is coming up? We okay. talked about the nights on the 12th and the 14th. Look and listen on the 13th. What am and I forgetting? So after that, we have our Brick Open Festival, right? which involves a lot of... Um, different things there's art there's music I think there's lectures there might even be like some outdoor walks um, there's a lot of stuff going on on Friday there will be three bands um, that I've mentioned in some earlier episodes the Shamanas Lido Pimienta and Blitz the Ambassador um, very cool like Latin and African based bands um, yeah it should be a fun four days a busy four days four days Jessica you should come back done. <laughs> Great. Mark, Mark, will you be here? Will you be doing anything podcast related during the open festival? I don't think so. Nothing planned as okay. of yet. Yeah. That feels like a miss. It feels yeah. like let's get on that for next year. I need a few hands. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm here yeah. for you. I would love that. Mark Pagan, ever faithful, <laughs> persevering producer who uh, makes sure we sound great every day. I will do anything for you. So Let's let's do something for the open yeah. next year. Yeah, I and I think y'all heard we, it here first. Yeah. I think we might try and bring someone in on a later episode, so stay tuned for that to get into more about that's right. the Brick Open Festival yep. and um, you know what's what's on the schedule. Great. And then after that, we're pretty much wrapping up the spring. I feel like yeah. in terms of performances here, um, but then on May fifth will be the. Celebrate Brooklyn announcement, which, you know, once that's announced, we can have a lot more fun with the lineup for the summer. So they've announced the announcement because that was the thing last time I talked to Leah when she was like, we'll announce in May. And I was like, well, when will you announce when you announce? (laughs) She's like, we're not announcing that. So it sounds like it is May 2nd. Yes, we have announced the announcement. Everyone Just announcing the announcement. I'll put it on my calendar. It'll be May 5th. Uh, uh, so I believe we are out of time. Oh, we also have Theater of the Oppressed NYC coming in yes. next week. And we'll talk to Katie Rubin next week. So stay tuned for that. So every episode, Elizabeth leaves us with a question. Getting personal. Do you have a question for us today, Elizabeth? Yeah, well, just going on the whole classical theme of this episode. Um, it's a little broad question, but I didn't know if anyone had... I can think of like a moment I had when I first moved to New York of um, that like involved classical music, uh, which which is you know kind of ingrained in my memory. So I didn't know if people had kind of any special performance classical performances they saw or just any sort of special memory that you guys have associated with or involved classical music. I think mine was I remember. When I moved to New York, it was back in 2012, and it's a very, like, kind of touristy thing to do. But I went to Brown University, was playing at Carnegie Hall, and it was, like, one of the few, like, affordable tickets that I could get with a friend. And they performed Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, which is, you know, a song that everyone thinks of New York when they hear it. 
And um, it's kind of an eye roll story. But I remember feeling like, oh, wow, I'm, I live in New York and I'm in Carnegie Hall and I'm <laughs> listening to Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. And I remember feeling it was very like New York and special moment. And I didn't know if anyone else had any kind of similar experiences. My hmm. dad didn't listen to Pink Floyd, but he listened to my dad was much older and he, he passed a number of years ago. But he was. He uh, was a teenager, right right on the cusp of being a teenager, and he would drive me around and play the classical music station. And at the time, I hated it. I was like, can we play House of Pain or put some like <laughs> hip-hop on? And he would just hum along like, and never have the melody right. But it definitely like it embedded itself into me so that, and those are the things I think your parents end up doing is that they'll they'll do these things that like later on as a doll, you're like, I love this now. Like, thank you for just making it uh, like omnipresent during right. during my childhood. So now like I hear things, I find myself humming along to it and I'm, I can't name uh, what I know, but I just know it. And it's like, it's, yeah, it, it brings number one nostalgia, but also it just like, it's, I'm enveloped in it when, when I hear classical now, I think it really is from those car rides with him. Yeah. That's so lovely. It's resonant for you. It's resonant. It's a resonant, <laughs> it's a resonant, word. what is it again? Resonant body. Resonant it's body. Within your body. Yes, it is. That's really lovely. Yeah. Jessica, I know you talked about a little bit of what got you into classical music. Are there other experiences, though, another one that's coming to mind? Well, specifically with the Knights, um, I, ha- I was <laughs> everyone kind of on the Knights team knows that I'm just like a crier, that whenever I'm really emotionally moved by something, I just start weeping. Um, and everyone knows this about me, but I think uh, last December um, at our Brooklyn Schubertiade, which is a really fun concert that we do every year that's a combination of art and music and poetry. Uh, Anyway, um, an amazing Brooklyn-based composer, Angelica Negron, uh, premiered selections from a drag opera, and she used poetry that she wrote about her experience being um, a woman and, and roles that women are supposed to uphold. And it was being performed by this amazing drag queen uh, named Miss Jade. And I remember seeing her on stage and she was lip syncing. um, uh, And Ariadne Grief was the soprano who was singing, but Miss Jade was lip syncing. And I just remember being like, oh, my gosh, so many people who don't get like, quote unquote, seen in classical music are being seen right now. You know, like people who are you know, we often imagine as outside of classical music are here and welcomed in the room. And I felt very seen um, as a woman. And I I just know a lot of people felt um, like classical music had taken on a role of uplifting people who get put to the wayside. And so that was really emotionally moving for me. Um, Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, mine is going to sound very basic after that. <laughs> so I think thanks. mine was pretty thanks for basic. the setup. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Real quick, uh, my so I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Yes. Huge. And I as you all know, I grew up in Dallas and Dallas did that thing that they do when you watch Star Wars and it's scored live by an orchestra <laughs> in a park and I, of course, did that. Of course. Like, why wouldn't I do that? And that was very moving to me to hear the music live. It's, I think, incredible music. It's very resonant 
uh, for me since it is movies that I have loved since I was a child. And so as a young adult sitting there watching the movies and, and hearing the music live, I was like, oh, this music is really stunning. And I was really moved by that. And of course, the Knights, every time the Knights are here, I am moved immensely. The Shubertiard, Shubertiard in particular. Yeah. Uh, so that is all the time we have today. Jessica, what are we listening to on our way out? We're going to be listening to Ligeti's Hungarian Rock, which we're going to be performing a, the Knights are going to be performing a world premiere arrangement of this piece. And what you're about to hear right now is barrel organ, which is actually the thing that people crank and monkeys dance in front of. So it's kind of kooky. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Jessica. It was great talking to you. And thank you to Mark and Elizabeth. This has been The Rundown. I am your host, BJ Evans, co-hosted by Elizabeth Krasunas, produced by Mark Pagan, special guest Jessica Marler of The Knights, recorded at the podcast studio at Brick, music by Taraf de Hajduks and Ligeti. Thanks for listening. See you next week.